Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel Podcast. As a vibrant part of life at Trinity Western University, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. During my talk on Wednesday, the one that Reverend Ellis mentioned that is on YouTube, I spoke to you guys from 1 Peter chapter 4, and we looked at verses 12 to 19. And I spoke to you on the theme, here is why, here is why. And in that message, I pointed out that we see in the book of Peter that those writers or those people that Peter was addressing, they faced many trials. I mentioned that they faced the trial of Nero who went and burnt down the city of Rome and he casted the blame for that onto the Christians who were there. And so they were facing severe persecution because of their faith in Jesus. I also mentioned that we too, like them, also fear face trials in our time. While we are not facing the type of persecution that they endured, we do face difficulties because of our faith in Jesus. I brought up the fact that some of you may have given up different dreams that you had to respond to a call that Jesus placed on your life. I also mentioned that some of you may have been in high school where people made fun of you because you were a Christian. And I even pointed out the fact that All of what you're doing right now, the enemy wants to rob you of your opportunity to go further in Christ, and so we face trials because of our faith in Jesus. And I said to you that if we look at the book of Peter and in the fourth chapter and in those seven verses that I preached from, we are able to identify three reasons why, three primary reasons why we as Christians sometimes suffer for our faith in Jesus. I said we are granted the opportunity to suffer because we have the privilege of partnering with Jesus. The fact of the matter is none of us have ever suffered like Christ did on the cross, and through his suffering we're able to partner with him. The second thing that I mentioned is that we are able to behold and celebrate the glory of God that will be revealed to all the world at the end of the age if we can endure our suffering and our trials. And the third thing that I mentioned was that we are called to model the way of Jesus when we face the sufferings that we endure in our world so that people who see us, people who see you guys as Christians in your different spheres of influence will want to come to know Jesus so that they can encounter his life transformation power. Those were the three things I mentioned regarding why we sometimes suffer and face trials for being Christians. During this talk this morning, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 5. And the purpose for this talk, we're going to be spending, for the purposes of this talk rather, we're going to focus most of our attention on the first 11 verses of 1 Peter chapter 5. And I want to speak to you on the topic or the theme or the title, an invitation to embrace. So if you were to leave today and they ask, what did the Caribbean guy speak about at chapel? You can tell them he spoke on the topic, an invitation to embrace an invitation to embrace. But before we dive into the passage and we dive into the theme for today, I want you guys to look up the passage in your Bible, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. And if you have a physical Bible, that's great. If you have the Bible app, you can pull it up there too. And I want you to follow along with me when I get to the point of reading it. But before we read it, I want us to be able to pay attention to who Peter is speaking to in this passage. I want us to focus our attention on the fact that in the first six verses, we find Peter addressing two subgroups within the body of believers that he's initially writing to. First, we see Peter speaking to elders. 
These are people who are mature in their faith, and because of their maturity in their faith, they were assigned the opportunity to be able to lead the congregations or the group that they had influence over. And the second group of people that we find Peter addressing in these first six verses are the young. The passage says young men, we're going to contextualize it to a day to include all young people. So Peter is addressing elders and he's addressing young people in the first six verses. In verses 1 to 4, Peter tells the elders the following. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over people assigned to you your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In these four verses that I just read, we can identify three instructions or expectations that Peter has for elders in the church. Peter instructs and expects the elders to, number one, care for the people under their guidance. The second thing Peter expects of them is for them to be able to watch over the people with a willing and a servant-hearted spirit. The third thing he wants for them to do is to lead by example. Those are the three things that he says the elders should do. And he says if the elders follow through on doing these things, they will inherit an eternal prize that will not decay, a crown of glory. On the other hand, in verses 5 and 6, Peter shares with this group of young people that he's writing to these words. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. And just like he gave instructions and expectations to the elders, Peter now gives the young followers within the church some directives as well. He gives them two. He says that they should accept the authority of the, um, the elders who are above them, and the second thing that he says is that they should be humble. And if the young people follow through on this, Peter says God will lift them up into a position of honor. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, how does this passage apply to our community here at TWU? You might be thinking to yourself, Prince, what are the implications of this passage for an institution of higher learning like ours? Because even though we are a Christian organization, you would say you're not a local church. And so we don't have elders and we don't have young people who are training up to be elders in the same way that you will find in your local churches. Well, I would strongly contend that the truths in this passage have implications that are far-reaching and applicable to every person who is listening, listening to me today. You see, each of you here at Trinity fall into two categories. Some of you function as TW elders, and some of you function as TW apprentices. That's the word we're going to use to describe the young people for our purposes of our sermon today. So some are elders, and some are TW apprentices. In saying that, 
The elders are those of you who are serving in leadership roles here at TWU. So this includes the president of the university, the board of governors, administrators, professors, the chaplain, student leadership teams, coaches, team captains, and anyone else who is in a position of influence over a group of people. And now you, the elders of TWU, have such an important call and a responsibility on your lives in this community to ensure that you care for the people who are under your guidance. And this calls for you to consider if your actions are helpful or harmful to those who are under your influence. The second thing that you have to do is to watch over the people with a willing and a servant-hearted spirit. And this invites you to ask yourself questions like this. Why am I doing what I'm doing here at TWU? The third thing that you have to pay attention to is you have to lead by example. This requires you to hold yourself to the standard of those who are under you. Now, on the other hand, the apprentices here at TWU, those of you, these are those of you who are under the guidance and the influence and the leadership of the elders of the university. And just like the elders here have an integral and incredibly important role in a call and a responsibility on their lives, you also have one too. And because of this, it compels you to accept the authority of the elders who are here. This requires that you follow like Jesus followed the Father. You follow like the, the disciples followed Jesus here on earth. And the second thing that it calls for you to do is to be humble. This means that you need to be selfless. Now, just like Peter mentioned to the elders and the young in his original context, all of you here at TWU, the elders and the apprentices alike, have a unique opportunity to receive an inheritance of eternal significance and consequence at the end of the age if you faithfully carry out the role and the call that God has called you to live into here in this university at this time. This means that your presence here at this, in, this, at this university, rather, is incredibly valuable and important. Each and every single one of you have a purpose here, and God wants to use you powerfully. Because the reality is, for Trinity to continue to make a profound impact in its spheres of influence on a global, local, regional level, both the elders and the apprentices alike need to apply the truths that we find in 1 Peter 5 intentionally through the strength of the Holy Spirit. So, considering the importance of the roles you assume in this community, I would like to extend an invitation to all of you. This invitation comes with the need for you to continually embrace the offers that are being presented to you. With that said, the first invitation offers you the opportunity to embrace care. Care, C-A-R-E, big four-letter word. First Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. You see, there are some of you who are listening to me right now who are hurting. You're probably wounded. This last two years have been difficult. There's some of you who are probably hurting because of circumstances that may have taken place in and throughout this place that you call your university home. And the reality is the hurts that you're facing need to be tended to. The wounds that you're facing need to be addressed. 
Because the reality is God is saying that no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you have done, no matter the pain you feel, he sees it. He feels it himself. He's able to participate in your hurt. He's able to participate in the pain that you feel. And because of, he, or because of that, and because he knows your pain, he's saying, if you are hurting right now, come to me. Come to me. He's saying, let me know about all the different things that you are going through. Do not go through your university experience, whether you're an elder or an apprentice, just whining away and facing it by yourself, but cast your burdens onto God. And some of the ways in which you can do that is simply by spending time communicating to him in prayer, spending time reading his word, going on retreats, taking Sabbath days. I know you were in university, and when I was in school, I never knew what a Sabbath was. I just kept running, 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 going to school, doing classes, being focused on those things, and I didn't take time to pay attention to my own well-being. And so all of you who are here, if there's some hurt that you're facing, I encourage you to go and seek help in God and take advantage of the opportunities and the places where you can find help and that could include some therapy and other opportunities as well. With that said, the second invitation offers you the opportunity to embrace caution. First Peter 5 says this, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Just after encouraging us, his readers, to embrace care, that only God can provide, Peter now tells us to embrace caution. I don't know your theological beliefs or your convictions surrounding you know, the, the belief in a devil, but I would like to tell you that there is a devil who exists, who wants to destroy you, who wants to rob you of your call, who wants to take away the things that are important to you, and he wants to see the things that God wants to do in you, and he wants to cut you down. And because of that, you need to be cautiously paying attention to all the different schemes that he might use to attack you. If you realize that certain sinful practices and habits that you have tend to occur when you perform a certain action or you put yourself in a certain position, be cautious enough not to put yourself in those positions. Because the devil just wants to cut you down and destroy your life. This applies to the elders and the apprentices alike. None of us are going to be able to escape what he's trying to do. And we don't have to fear him, though. Be cautious, but do not be afraid of him. And one of the ways that you can guard against the enemy seeking to destroy you is to take advantage of this beautiful community of saints that are around you. You have people who are here to help you. The enemy likes to play on fear. So if you're isolated, he will try to pick you off. But if you stay connected to the people who are around you, it's harder for him to be able to attack you. So take advantage of the community that's here with you. And Peter even tells us that in verse 9 when he says, Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Everybody here, we're facing something. We are all facing an enemy who wants to cut us down to destroy us, who's prowling around like a lion, seeking to rob us of what all God has for us. And the third and final invitation offers you the transformative opportunity of embracing Christ. 1 Peter 5, 10 and 11 says, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. 
So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Now, in that previous point, I said that the enemy prowls around like, underscore the word like. He is not the lion. We serve the lion of the tribe of Judah who is able to defeat the enemy and he has already done it. And because we serve the lion of the tribe of Judah who has defeated sin in the grave, we have nothing to be afraid of. And we are called to embrace Christ Jesus because he is the one that can lead us through all of the different circumstances that life brings. If you are facing certain troubles in your life, if you can feel the enemy attacking you from either side of your life, I would like to encourage you to run to King Jesus because he is the one who has destroyed all the works of the enemy. None of his schemes can come and harm you. None of the plans and the attacks he can have can defeat you if you are found in Christ. Embrace him. That's the most important invitation. Embrace the offer of Christ Jesus, who is the hope of glory. And he's a Lord strong in battle. And he has never lost any single battle. And so, TW, so grateful for the opportunity to be able to speak to you. And I'll leave you with this invitation. Number one, remember to embrace here. Number two, remember to embrace caution. Number three, remember to embrace Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for you. We know that you love us and you look down upon us and you say, these are my people. And you love us so much that you have sent your son, Jesus Christ, to defeat sin in the grave on our behalf so we can find restoration and reconciliation in you. And you have sent your Holy Spirit, our great comforter, who helps in the process of caring for us and who helps in the process of us being able to be cautious as the devil seeks to scheme and destroy us and who helps us to connect with Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so right now, dear God, I bring before you TWU's elders and their apprentices. And I ask them that you will cover them, protect them, and lead them deeper and deeper into the presence of Jesus so that they can continue to make an impact in this world for your name. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you are blessed and be encouraged in your faith life. Chapel happens every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. in the gymnasium or online at livechapel.twu.ca. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWU Chapel. Until next time, much love.